This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The socially distanced NFL Draft is finally here, and you can follow all the action at BetOnline.net. Wondering who will be the first, second, and third draft pick? Do you know if more offensive or defensive players will be taken in the first round? Have a hunch on how many trades will take place in the first round? Maybe you're into oddities like how many draftees' dogs will be shown during first-round coverage. Before the draft goes live, head over to BetOnline.net for the latest props, lines, and odds. Bring the draft home with BetOnline.net. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host, Neil Pickup, and it is on. Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome to the show. World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup, show number 35. And it's the second part of our two-part special, featuring my interview with No Limits' Devon Larratt just before his latest international arm wrestling adventure, this time to Taiwan. I had the opportunity to sit down with the Canadian giant and find out his thoughts and feelings right before he got on the plane. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to World Arm Wrestling League this week. And we have got Devon, No Limits, Larratt in the house. Devon, how are you doing, mate? What's up, Neil? Good times. Now then, I wanted to. We, we never got to cover off the last time you were on this show. The whole rationale, the whole sort of ethos behind the Great Walk. Ah, uh, well, so there's there's a lot of reasons why I like to do it, and and right now the Great Walk is just uh, it's not quite evolved to its pinnacle yet. Um, right now, it's still me getting on an airplane and and seeing everything. Uh, I think a lot of it for me is. There's a lot of reasons why I love to do it. The The first reason is I, I love to see new places, meet new people, learn new things. And when you go to different cultures, that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it enriches me. I feel like I come away a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the main reasons why I do it. it, is, it, it is there any training benefit there in terms of is it in in, in the plan? You've always yeah. been the guy who's table heavy, like really yes. table heavy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so is that, is that part of the part of the thing? You're sort of preparing yeah. yourself um, by utilizing different styles, different pullers, but massive frequency. Yeah, it's it's very beneficial to me to do it in this manner. So when you look at a time frame, uh, and this is a pattern that I like to run with. So right now it's November. We'll say the season ended 
uh, in September. And, it, you know, the off-season started in October, 1st of October. So October, November, December, um, to me, this is a time when I don't have to be my very best. I can, I can run new experiments. I can expose myself to different ideas. Uh, I can take a lot more risk in my training. So me going out uh, and at times maybe doing too much, at times maybe getting beat up, uh, to me is a great investment. Because come January, February, March, you know, probably sometime in January, there'll probably be a transition. And I will become very serious. I will take all the lessons that I know uh, and, and hopefully some of them will be fresh. Uh, and I will just become razor edged, super focused and get super duper strong and rested. Now, is there any, um, do you suffer any real issues as a result of this massive frequency that you do absorb when you're on these trips? Because when we sit, I mean, if we look at the, let's go with the Australia trip. Okay. Mm -hmm. You were pulling probably well certainly what a couple of hundred matches a day every day with different clubs and and I, and I want to make it clear that when a guy like you walks into a into a club okay whilst you're I, i'm going to say probably the best person um in that weight category of your generation in terms of allowing men to arm wrestle you to actually find a spot to get it into a groove and to rev up on you. And, 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 and I mean that I'm not blowing smoke at you. I, I, I've, I've trained with a lot of arm wrestlers. I've watched a lot of arm wrestlers, particularly big heavyweights. And they range from guys like Travis, who is not going to let you get a bite on him a lot of the time, unless he's completely acting the goat. What he certainly doesn't like to do is let people get really into the groove. Uh, because it's not what his game is. His style is completely strategically polar opposite to that. Right. You've got guys like, um, well, and, and actually you have a lot of people that fall into this ne next category where they will make a, a, a smaller man, a weaker man, a weaker opponent feel weaker very early in the match by just being super dominant, whether that be in the hand and wrist or just the arm positioning, but they make sure that that guy never finds his lane. You are very different. You wrestle, you soften yourself out significantly for other arm wrestlers. So when you walk into one of these gyms, you're really feeling the very best of most guys you arm wrestle, you know? It's not like you take them out of their groove straight off the bat. You let them find their spot and really hammer you. Does does that does that hurt in the the, the days after? And, and when I say hurt, is it damaging you? Do you do you have to sort of um, take extensive periods of time after the trip to recover? Okay, so that's there's a lot there. Um, so the first thing I'll say is, Jody, it's going to be tricky. Well, I guess you may. Jody's just about to do a big rowing session. Well, I like just, I have people are coming. Okay, in all right. Minutes. So that's static. That's Jody getting massive. Okay. Okay. No right. problem. Uh, Jordy, so rock the, on. The first thing I'd say is I'm not in training. I'm really not about winning matches. <clears throat> I, I'm about achieving 
uh, betterment for the people involved. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my goal is to get to some of the highest levels of tension that I think are applicable in match scenario. So mm -hmm. that, that's my goal. And I'm looking for as much of it as I possibly can while it feels good. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not out for damage. I'm out for like, I love arm wrestling and my body feels good when I arm wrestle. It feels good to me. So, um, when this feeling starts to change, then, then that's, then, you know, if I'm feeling especially giving, I might go a little bit past, but most of the time I start to think about getting a drink, grabbing a bite, you know, slowing it down. I'll say that when you go into a new club, new training experience with new, um, opponents, mm -hmm. it's always the best. The first time the energy is always the best, um, and, and I feel like I'm almost harvesting, okay? Like, I, I just, I travel, I feel as many hands and arms as I can, yeah. and, and there's a healthy energy exchange that's beneficial for everybody. Um, sometimes it's too much, okay? And, and I think I've learned about what's right. Uh, I'll tell you, last year when I did Australia, it was a bit too much for me. It really was. It was a month, and by the end, I was a little bit fatigued. Physically, I was probably better than I was mentally. Mentally, I was starting to get a bit burnt out. Uh, and when I got home from Australia, I basically took 10 days off, did almost nothing, and just rested for the Todd Hutchings match, which was great. I think it prepared me really well, but there is a time when it's too much, but... Uh, everything is a wave and you can allow yourself to become depleted. So no, so long as you have rest allocated in the future. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so how, how many guys have you got now in the high hookers in the green machine? So I purposefully made the club a bit smaller. It's so interesting with, uh, the way that arm wrestling clubs and, and your philosophies evolve over the years. When, when the Ottawa High Hookers started back, well, the Ottawa High, there's been an Ottawa club in arm wrestling probably forever. Mm. Um, Rick Blanchard actually was running it before I showed up. Uh, when I moved to Ottawa in about 2000, it was Eric Roussin, a guy called Ivan Clement, and myself. There was three of us. Mm -hmm. And it was like that for about a year. And then... Over the course of like three or four years, we got our numbers up to like six of us, okay? Uh, and, and I remember at the time, we kept on always thinking, oh, we need more people, we need more people. And uh, our wishes came true, and the club really, it really blossomed. And we got to a point where the garage was totally full, lots of new people on the regular uh, deep roster, we were probably at times, I remember having 70 people in the garage, uh, in a, in a night. It's 70 it's pullers. It, that wasn't regular, <laughs> but have had it. Okay. Uh, no, but, but we certainly were starting to average bigger and bigger numbers. Huge. Nothing uh, yeah. And, and what I actually started to notice was that numbers don't really equate 
uh, quality. Uh, no, I it's too, you're not getting the adequate table time. And no, there's problems. Okay, so what I tried to do is I tried to make it just a little bit harder. Uh, I don't post practices quite as frequently. It's more word of mouth. Uh, it's just a little bit harder so that casual entries uh, kind of have a few roadblocks and make it a little bit harder. Anybody, I always want. Anybody with real passion for the sport, I want them to be here. Well, there's yep. mostly fanboys now uh, with anyone new. They're not there because they want to arm wrestle. Anyway. I know what that's like, Jordy. I have fanboys. So all the time. <laughs> but but it, look, it, there's people who come to visit, and I'm extremely grateful that they do because they bring good energy. Everything's great. Uh, the club now is smaller. So who's I, the hardcore, mate? Who's the guys... Uh, Who's the mainstay? Yeah. The who's the spine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we definitely have our nucleus. Um, nucleus is guys like so Jeff Slater probably hasn't missed a practice in like fifteen years. Okay. Uh, Don Smith, who I don't know if you know Don Smith. No, I don't know Don Smith. Don Smith is a spectacular arm wrestler. Don Smith is probably our technically most diverse character with the biggest work ethic on the team, probably by a factor of about five. Uh, this dude soaks the arm wrestling table in February. Uh, mm -hmm. He's probably our very best uh, motivator uh, for all of our new guys coming in. And so entertaining. Yeah, and he's, so yeah, he's so hilarious. Loud. Yeah, and, he, and he's got such a story on him, but... I won't get too much into it, but he, he's about 187 pounds, so like an 85-kilo guy. Yep, yep. Um, his strength is not shocking. Uh, his tenacity and his work ethic are completely uncommon. Uh, yeah, so he, he's definitely one of the guys who's always here. Uh, we've, got, we've got a bunch of new guys who are very good. Big guy, Justin Major. He's probably going to be our next big star, kind of coming out of the high hookers. Big kid, uh, young. He's like 22. Uh, 22, I think. Uh, he's like 300 pounds, my height. His, his hands are ridiculous. Um, yeah, just doing great. Um, we've, got, we've got Samuel Woodbury. Yeah, Dom Poisson, a guy I used to work with. He's just come on like the last, uh, you know, two years. But now Dom, I've met. Yeah, yeah. Dom's been out on a couple of gigs. I've met Dom, lovely lad. Yeah, great guy. And we've we've got a good we've got a good solid squad. Um, a lot of guys nobody knows about. There's a whole bunch of guys that could show up and just shock you. Um, what happened to my mate John Milne? Yeah, so. My good buddy John comes over a lot. Most of the time when John comes over, we just go and uh, eat sushi and get fat and talk about, you know, how cool we are. But uh, John is actually making a comeback. Uh, he's just started. Probably, I'm going to say it's very fresh. Maybe like two months, maybe three. He's just started to get back on the table regularly. So I expect we see him back on the table here in short order. Uh, yeah, he's he's back. He's back. And what, what's John's level right now? Is he pulling well? I wouldn't want to throw him into anything too big yet. I'd want to probably his first step. The thing is, is John is very, very good. Uh, 
And I think that John won't like that I said this, but I think one of the John loves to win. John is an underdog most of the time, but John really loves to win. And he lost to Brennan. Brennan uh, beat him yep. about two years ago, maybe. I don't know, sometime around then. And I don't think that was a good loss for John. I don't, okay. think, I don't think John liked this. Um, but, you know, some, some losses take uh, longer to, to bounce back from. And I think he's kind of coming back from that. So he's, I think he's trying to find his place where he wants to fit into the sport exactly. But, uh, yeah, he's, he'll, he'll be back. He's going to find his place here. Well, that's great news because I, I, I rate John Milne very, very highly indeed. Look, not only is he one of the funniest men of all time, he's also a solid, solid puller and yeah. gets into some grinding career enders. I mean, he's been in some great matches. Yeah, I'd say give him give him a few more months. Give him a few, probably by the summer he'll be probably where he wants to be. We've got to take a short break right there, ladies and gents. But please don't go away. As always, we'll be back in just a few. Welcome back to the show, guys, and thanks for sticking with us. Second part of tonight's show, let's get back to it with the Soldier Boy Superman, Devon Larratt. Let's move on to the next chapter here, mate. In terms of uh, matches for the season next year, do you think about this a great deal yourself? Obviously, you're brought up in a lot of matches and potential matches. People are talking about you a great deal. Do you get sat down at nights and thinking, you know what, I'd love to see these guys pull? And if so... Who were your sort of dream matches? Who are the guys you'd really like to see? Have you got a, a short list? Oh, there's so many. I get excited about a lot of matches. Um, which, uh, is the, which is your favorite class outside of the heavies, Devin? I'd say probably the women's class. You like the ladies' classes? Okay. I do. I do. I think that uh, we haven't seen enough of them. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that I just, I'm really tired of watching dudes arm wrestle for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just better when girls arm wrestle. I think that uh, you've got a lot of, a lot of untapped uh, talent out there that people haven't been taking notice of. I think that the women's category, for the most part, doesn't get equal, not even close to equal respect. And the truth is, is there's just as many women out there as there are men. And there's some brilliant female arm wrestlers, which we haven't even come close to uncovering yet. Who are your sort of personal favorites in North America? Uh, North America, I think that I, I really have enjoyed seeing Nancy Locke come up. Um, I, I would love to see, like, like you mentioned... The, the thought of Nancy Locke and Chris Regain arm wrestling, to me, is, uh, is a really fantastic idea. Um, you know, I just, I just think that there's so many. Like, you can take all of Sweden. People talk about uh, an arm wrestling show. I, I'd like to see the Swedes just go on tour. And I'd like to see them go across the world. And not only... I feel like women's arm wrestling could just be boosted across the planet. 
by by a team of good, strong, technically smart women. Yeah, I would agree. And I think um, I think to be honest, there's an there's just like you say, there's lesser known ladies out there because they don't get the spotlight the same way. And I, I wanted to ask you about that a little bit because Canada was a bit of a stronghold of female arm wrestling back in the day. You know, you had ladies like Leander Freese, you know, really, really top class pullers. More recently, you haven't had uh, that same prominence in the ladies. Recently, I've heard about Christine Flicker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell well, me about her. Well, Christine has been around quite a, quite a long time, but she's just, I think, starting to poke her head back up. And as you see, she's got a match coming up with Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is I think that for the most... Talk about bite off a, a tough one early. My yeah. God. Yeah, no kidding. But Christina is a super awesome arm wrestler. I'd say it's between her, Christina, Angelina Rose, uh... And Jose Marneau for who's the toughest girl in Canada. Um, but I just think that strength as a characteristic is often um, not looked at so fondly in women. But but for me, I think when done properly, I think it's like why 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 is there a sexual differentiation? Like it should be just a great characteristic for a man or a woman to possess. And I think that. Women, like, uh, you know, I, I just always think about the Swedish team because I think that culturally they've done really well with it. And I think that uh, that idea just needs to be transmitted to the world population for young women just to take hold of and embrace yeah. and just embrace their strength. And I think that's a very valid point, mate. I think one of the problems is that a lot of the countries, there just isn't the depth in the ladies, which is a great shame. Not yet. Um, but, yeah, and that, that's something that needs to be addressed. I think by federations promoting that, like you say, the, the point you made there about the, the Swedish ladies team going out on tour, it, things like that would be great. You know, they, if you look at the depth in a lot of the countries, it just doesn't rival the men. The depth in the ladies is, is shallow still. You've right. got pockets of strength. Russia, Ukraine, you know, places like that, but nowhere near the same depth that you have in the men's. And it's a it's a shame that that that, that is the situation that exists. And hopefully that's one of the things that can be changed. Yeah. 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 That's that's I think that would be one of my favorite things to see happen. Do you think uh, there is anybody in North America that has a chance with Gabriela Vasconcelos? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Uh, there's a what's her name? Um, African American girl. Um, I don't know her. She's just started to kind of emerge in the WAL scene. Um, however, she looked very dominant very quickly so there's another trajectory issue there uh where she might be very very strong and and still being uncovered but i think of the known talent i mean i feel like sarah was kind of the best hope yeah and uh 
and yeah, we saw how that went. I actually still believe that Sarah had a serious injury issue in the first round. Well, that. yes, she did. She and did. I think I think that Sarah does have the opportunity to come back and challenge Gabriella. I, I personally believe that to be the case, and that's not a slight on Gabby at all. No, and, uh, I just believe so that she was so powerful in the first round that she physically damaged Sarah, and from yes. then on, it looked even more impressive because you were looking at a, a very under-par Sarah for the rest of that match. Totally agree. 100% agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the men. Let's talk about some of the guys that we 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 know are established within the the World Arm Wrestling League and where they where they fit in at world level. Mm. Obviously, on the opposite side of the world now, you've got the Zloty Tour, you've got the Top Eight. Do you think that there is the depth of talent in North America and Canada now that is comparable with the Europeans? I know the, the after the World Championships. There was a lot of talk online where there was there's always this myth and legend around the European arm wrestlers being so much more powerful, much stronger, much more advanced. Except, and I'm taking the heavyweights out of this a little bit, but in the lower weight categories, is that something you subscribe to, mate? Do you believe that that is the case? In the lower weight categories, I would say that it seems as though they do have the upper hand. Yeah. When you take a look at the best lightweights in the world, it would be hard for me to make an argument that guys like Engen and uh, Mendaugas and Arthur won't win against, you know, most of the field of the lightweights. So uh, taking that, that point, what do you think is the difference? What do you think is the... Because I personally don't think that the North American crew are lacking any kind of commitment. I don't think that they're any, the desire is any less the opposite side of the Atlantic. So um, what is I, it? Mate? What do you think is that, that point of difference? Is it the technique? Is uh, it no, I don't think it's a technique at all. I think that our technique is actually really good for the most part. I think when you look at technique around yeah. the world... I think that North America does not suffer there whatsoever. Uh, I think most of the issue is strength. And I think that it comes from training methodology and cultural values and beliefs that are a little bit different in those parts of the world where they've really embraced strength. And, mm -hmm. and I believe that North America has been heavily influenced by the bodybuilding scene. Yeah. And I think that it's shifted our culture uh, a little bit away from strength as a foundation. Uh, I believe that we embrace ideas such as uh, no pain, no gain. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you don't puke at the end of your workout, you didn't work hard enough. I think that ideas like this are very ingrained in our society. Like you watch Rocky and, yeah. you know, we've been taught to like, we should be pissing blood at the end of our workouts. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at CrossFit mentality. These, these are viruses to the North American strength scene. Uh, you go into Europe, and I believe that 
culturally they they embrace their bodies a little bit more closely they don't hurt themselves on the regular they're more precise in their training yeah um, and i think that this pays big dividends how long therefore if that is the case do you think it could take if you were to train differently for the guys that are the upper echelon of North America now to, to close any gap, to close that gap and to become as strong? I think a really safe answer is three to five years. So almost it's, it's kind of like a reinvention process that you think would need to go on. Yeah, and nothing happened. Nothing great happens overnight. It's not like I can say, "Oh, okay, I get it," and you know, in a couple months, I'm right there. No, I mean, when you talk about world champion level anything, yeah, it's it's a lifelong commitment. Nobody wakes up and is a world champion. Nobody decides they want to be a world champion, and three months later, they are. It takes years of consistent, focused effort. And if you're not doing it right, uh yeah that shift is going to take years and most people are working off of a great base but you know three years i think in three years you can be right where you need to be what about sort of um if if world arm wrestling league and other promotions of this of this magnitude continue and they really go out into the wider uh atmosphere and people start to soak up arm wrestling and really get involved with it on and, and interested in it on a massive scale do you believe that a new crop of arm wrestlers would emerge or could emerge from north america um in a similar vein to what we've seen from the ufc in, in mixed martial arts who would be just a far better or a more advanced version of the current crop or do you think that's a myth well, I actually think that that's happening right now. I, I don't think that it's maybe going to happen. I think we're actually in the process. I see a lot of new talent coming into the game, yeah. uh, more so now than ever. Uh, I think that arm wrestling's reach has expanded. I think everybody's aware that if you get good at this sport now, you can be a full-time athlete. And I think that that's a dream for so many uh, people in the world. So that goal, I think, is fueling a lot of young athletes. And I think in three years, I think the North American scene will look completely different. It's just always that way. It's always that whenever you look back two years, you're like, oh, my God, so much has changed. And, yeah. and, and that's the case now and there's no reason why it won't be even more like that in two years now in in terms of um your own progression in the sport do you find now that you're still advancing that or do you believe that your strength is still increasing your technical ability is still improving or do you find that you have got on and had plateaus within your career that you're sort of almost always striving to maintain and it, and you sort of know where the bar is you know where you can be at your best and your focus is trying to retain that level or re-attain that level when you're going into tournaments which would you say is a more accurate comment so i'd say that i am an extremely slow learner okay so 
I, I feel like I'm still learning and technically I'm still progressing, mm -hmm. uh, which is so crazy to me because I know that there's been times in the past where I arrogantly believed that I understood arm wrestling and then come to realize that I actually am missing very large pieces. Uh, and, and that's just, again, it's the trend and I see no reason why that won't continue. I think so long as you keep your eye focused on something, no matter how simple it may seem, uh, truths will continue to be revealed. Uh, I think that a person's career, so long as they have passion and love for whatever they're doing, it's a lot like the stock market. Yep. So it'll go up and down, but if you look over the long term, it is slowly, generally going up. And I think that I've had a very, very good last 12 months. I think that when I look back at my career, the last 12 months of my career have been some of the best 12 over my entire life. Um, and looking forward, uh, I think that I should be able to extend that for at least at least another six months, uh, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe longer um, before, who knows, maybe I have to crash again a little bit, but uh, the future looks very bright for me, um, I think. I think... Uh, 2020 i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna crack a lot of people he just gets more and more massive neil <laughs> what what is your weight right now Devin? have you continued to grow since atlanta are you as big or bigger than you were there i'm like 295 right now <laughs> <laughs> pull the other one it's got balls on what my weight is like it really doesn't matter um the main thing is that I understand the wave, okay? Mm -hmm. And I know how, it doesn't matter what my weight is today, but just know that when I'm across the table from most likely Michael Todd, it will be the very best version of myself that's ever been on an arm wrestling table by a margin. Ladies and gentlemen, I have got a call time on it right there, and that brings to an end this episode of the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I want to say a massive thank you once again to our guest, No Limits, Devon Larratt, and also to all of you, ladies and gents, for taking your time to tune in and check us out, and we hope you will again, same time, next time, right here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.